The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash CDF radio. It's a great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Linda Jablonski, a director of nursing and home health care here to discuss home health care nursing and infection prevention in the home environment. At this time, I would like to welcome our guest to the program. Welcome and thanks for joining us today, Linda. Hi, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here and to share the information. Wonderful. Uh, and today, the oh, <laughs> sorry, today's episode, you're going to um, share a lot of valuable points with us, and we appreciate you doing that with our global listeners. So not mm-hmm. to waste any time, but Linda, would you like to take a moment and explain exactly what home health care is? Sure. Uh, home health care is, the short and slice answer to that is providing medical, professional medical care to a patient, um, nursing-wise, uh, you have a, nurses come in, you can also have therapists and so forth. So, but this is all done for the patient in their home. And usually, I'm going to say usually, the patient is homebound. There's some insurance regulations and things like that, but for purposes of this uh, discussion, it's usually a homebound patient that's receiving the home health care. Okay, and can you tell us more about exactly what is meant by homebound? Oh, sure. Uh, That comes up all the time, and that's something that I always have to explain even to other nurses and professionals. Homebound, the uh, Medicare has criteria, and it goes with, they have to meet two things of this criteria. The person needs to have to use a supportive device, such as a cane, a wheelchair, or a walker, or need a person to go out with them such as if the person is legally blind or they might have dementia and their judgment, their safety judgment is impaired. So they need somebody else with them. 
So that would be one set of criteria. The other is that it has to be a taxing effort to leave the home. A person is, of course, they can go to the doctor. They can go to the occasional, and the key word is occasional, a family gathering, say a special dinner or an event. Uh, they can go to oh, maybe a store or something like that, but it's an occasional thing. And he, again, it's, it's a taxing thing. It's not something that the person normally does. So that's why we bring the health care to them as much as we can. Exactly. Now, Linda, are there home therapies available? And if so, what are they? Oh, sure. There's physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. Physical therapy would have to do with exercise programs to strengthen uh, maybe certain core groups to get somebody walking again. Uh, all kinds of things to uh, relieve pain by strengthening muscles. So there's a decrease. And they have all kinds of, uh, I'm not a physical therapist, so there's all different kinds of modalities that they use for pain relief. Uh, The occupational therapy is a therapist tries to help somebody to relearn or to adjust with their physical condition to do the things at home that they need to do, just things like standing and cooking, how to improvise, how to adapt uh, their home environment to what they can do at that level and hopefully improve. So it could be standing. It can be teaching somebody something like how to dress themselves if they've had a stroke. There's a lot of things that fall into that. Speech therapy, uh, again, that could be just, again, memory uh, if, if somebody's had a stroke, but they also would work with somebody who has a swallowing disorder and do exercises. So you have this whole group of people that are professionals who are working. Uh, but that's the most common in the home health care team. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh-huh. And Linda, um, what are the steps an individual and their family have to take to receive home health care um, services? Okay, good question. If somebody's interested in home health care services, there's a couple of ways they can go about this. Uh, let's just take this scenario as uh, somebody is in the hospital. What happens is that the doctor has to write an order for the patient upon discharge to have a skilled nursing evaluation and treatment. And the patient also has to be followed by a doctor there out in the community. Uh, so that's one one way. But you can also receive home health services. Let's say someone has a gone through an illness and there's a decline in their physical stamina, 
their deconditioning, and so forth. Their primary care physician can write, it, can write the order without the hospitalization. It's not necessary for hospitalization to have the home health. They just have to, they have to meet that criteria that they're homebound, and then the nurse would evaluate uh, what is needed. And it has to be a skilled service. Again, I want to emphasize that it's not. Uh, sometimes there's just like a companion service or something like that. This where a nurse would stay with a patient for a while. This is an intermittent. The nurse comes in maybe once or twice a week, uh, meets with the patient, always checks their medications, reviews that, instructs what needs to be instructed as far as what's going on, uh, reviews the goals, anything like that. Um, but it's intermittent. It's a, a short-term visit. Most of the visits are under an hour. Okay. And mm-hmm. Linda, doesn't the patient have to like have had a recent visit to a doctor and that the care must be furnished um, with arrangements made by a Medicare participating home health agency? Yeah, they have to have uh, been seen by the doctor. Uh, there has to have been a face-to-face encounter uh, recently or one is going to happen shortly after the order. Uh, for the uh, the skilled nursing. So a a doctor is verifying that the person needs these services and that the person, uh, you know, is in a home, kind of qualifies, meets the criteria. Okay. And Linda, is there a difference between homebound and bedbound patients? Oh, yeah. Uh, A homebound patient... We'll go back to that, is that it's a taxing effort to leave the home. They're not bed-bound. They can be ambulatory in the home. They can be walking around, whether it be on their own, whether it be with a cane or another device. Bed-bound is basically for somebody who's much more acutely, well, I wouldn't say acutely, somebody who's much weaker, and cannot endure or tolerate much more than sitting up for a while, that would be bed-bound. Homebound is, again, a taxing effort to leave the home. Okay. And yeah. And with that, Linda, we are already going to uh, go into our first break. And oh, we thank okay. you for sharing that important information. Uh, when we return, we will continue discussing home health care nursing and infection prevention in the home environment with our guest, Linda Jabonski. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4-CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. Diff Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network, and we welcome our listeners joining us today with our guest, Linda Jablonski, a Director of Nursing and Home Health Care, and here to discuss home health care nursing and infection prevention in the home environment. Linda, before we went to break, we were discussing home care and how individuals can benefit from the skilled care available. Can you explain mm-hmm. to our global listeners and fellow healthcare professionals what exactly is home care nursing? Sure. Uh, Home care nursing, let me start with when I'm saying home, that is where the person is actually living at the point. And it can be obviously their house, any dwelling, the apartment. It can be also, much to a lot of people's surprise, assisted living. We do because they're not receiving skilled nursing. They might be having a companion or that kind of stuff, somebody overseeing their well-being, but it's they're not receiving skilled nursing. So uh, that would definitely qualify if somebody was in an assisted living facility and needed, uh, met the criteria, that we could see them. Uh, home care nursing is visiting the person in their home on an intermittent basis, and it's very specific as far as you're working, the nurse, whether it's an RN or an LPN, is working under a doctor's orders for a specified amount of time. In other words, 
It could be like six weeks or six visits. Um, the nurse can also use her nursing judgment or his nursing judgment as far as what the patient's needs are. So you're working uh, with goals in mind. Uh, you have had the doctor certify that the patient meets the criteria of being homebound. And it's also um, the encompasses usually an interdisciplinary approach, which I had touched on before, where you have the other therapies, and you can have them in conjunction. You'd have the the nurse coming in. You would have physical therapy coming in. Those are the two most frequently uh, used uh, professionals in home health, uh, at least in my experience. Okay. Uh, So... Yeah, that's about it with the home health. I think that explained it, I think. <laughs> I, I think so. That's great. And thank you for that. And Linda, you would know best um, what a typical day entails for a home health care nurse. Can you share an overview of a daily schedule with us? <laughs> sure, I'll try. Um, you start out with a plan, and you just hope that's going to stick to that plan, but it usually doesn't. Um, just people and things being what they are. So you'll plan your day and say you're going to see five patients and you get in touch with your uh, patients. You let them know uh, what time they can expect you and uh, you're on your way. But along the day comes phone calls. This person is having this or can you go to this person because this is happening. So then you just have to adjust and uh, you have to be very flexible. So that that would be the key part of a typical day is that there really isn't one. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see, what else would you have? You, you might have uh, be going to a patient and also as like a service, we do some of the things that, for instance, collecting some lab specimens. So you might go to a, a patient and do that and then deliver that to the lab. Um, there would also, in there, you have to have time for documentation, which there is a lot, there's a lot in home health. Uh, but that's okay because that is clarifies why you're there and it really then shows the progress that the person is making, and that's that's the best part. So also during the day, you might be opening up the case and going to a patient's home for the first time, and that time you're going to spend a little bit, a lot more time usually than you normally do. That can take an hour or two. You're going to review the meds. You're going to go over the policies, the services, what they can expect, and so forth and try to set some goals with them. Um, and also, then there's the discharges. And, for instance, yesterday I discharged somebody, and it was bittersweet because I was glad that she had reached her goals. It was amazing, the progress that she did. But I'm probably not going to see them again. Well, if I do, it's going to be for a while, which is actually, that's good news. <laughs> So there's all kinds of things that that can happen during the course of a day. 
Exactly. And Linda, yeah. do nurses need to have a special certification for home health care? Okay, uh, that's a good question. Uh, special certification. The agency itself that uh, a nurse works for might ask for certain certifications. Um, my agency, for instance, for the RNs, there isn't any anything beyond that. Uh, there's competencies that they have to pass, but certifications. No, we don't. We don't require that, but some do. Yeah, because there there's some skills out there like phlebotomy uh, that uh, they, for liability reasons and skill reasons, they might want somebody who has that certification or an IV certification. We do IVs in the home, so that's important to have that knowledge and that background okay. behind you. Exactly. And Linda, there are times when a nurse must depend upon uh, nursing judgment. What would those times be? Oh, geez, that's just about all the time. <laughs> exactly, right? It's true. Yeah, because you're out there by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And there's always a professional uh, is usually always available by phone. I've walked into situations and I've had to call 911 uh, where it's something very serious. We can only do what we can do. We don't have diagnostic equipment with us or anything like that. If somebody is not feeling well and it's going beyond, yeah, nursing judgment, when something tells you, you've got to, you know, make a phone call. Or there's a doctor that you can reach or, well, try to reach. Um there's other professionals, a physical therapist, if you want to know, you know, certain questions. But you're, it's basically you and the patient, so you're always relying on your nursing judgment. That's why uh, we usually do look at somebody who's uh, going into home health to have at least a couple of years of solid experience and not somebody who can think on their feet. Exactly. And yeah. Linda, who who exactly are the team members in home care? Well, the interdisciplinary team, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, speech therapist. Now, they all might not be in on the same case, but those are people who are available. Uh, we also have home health aides, and uh, they're fantastic. They will help the patient with their personal needs and their personal care. They can even do their personal laundry. Um, that's within the guidelines. Uh, they can give somebody a re- tell somebody a reminder to take a medication or treatment. Uh, they can't actually administer medications, but they can just say, oh, it's 9 o'clock or it's 10 o'clock. They play a, a big role in, in the healing. And they can also, if there's a uh, caregiver, they can have a certain degree of uh, peace of mind knowing that there's somebody there if they have to leave the home and uh, their loved one is, is now with a professional. Okay. I have yeah. a, a question for you, Linda. 
If a patient um, is being treated for a psychiatric illness uh, and diagnosis that's manifested to the point that they're unable to leave their home, would they be considered um, to receive home health care? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, If they're having, say, some kind of auditory hallucinations or something like that that's unsafe, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, uh, so... That, yeah, that meets the criteria where they're homebound because they, their safety judgment is impaired. Okay, and mm-hmm. uh, what about a diagnosis of depression? Again, that, ha- that has to be... It's a case-by-case situation. Okay. It's sometimes a severe depression can manifest where there, there's poor decision-making. So it depends on what the symptoms are of the depression. Exactly. Uh-huh. And Linda, are there any organizations uh, that provide information to healthcare providers and patients focused on home care? Oh, sure. Um, well, Medicare, the CMS, um, that gives a rating system for home health agencies, and that's a source that we're, I'm always turning to. Uh, there's also the National Association for Home Care and Hospice. So those are the two big ones that are out there. And then each state has one with a, a, a lot of uh, regulations and, you know, resources that you can... I'm con- I contact them when, when I have questions, and they usually get back to me right away. So they're very approachable. That's good mm-hmm. to know. I was um, mm-hmm. reading an article the other day that um, that there are some 12 million patients that depend on home care and hospice providers. That's a lot wow. of patients. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. That's a Nationwide. Number. And there are yeah. 33,000 home care and hospice agencies across the nation. There are a lot of them. <laughs> right <laughs> now, the, the industry is going through some uh, growing pains. It's grown and shrunk. It's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of home health agencies out there right now. Absolutely. There are. Yeah. And we appreciate your information that you've been helping and giving um, our global listeners. And right now we're going to pause for a commercial mm-hmm. break. And when we return, we're going to continue discussing home care nursing, infection prevention in the home environment with our guest, Linda Jablonski. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4 CDF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. 
the CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4-CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. Diff Spores and More, Global Broadcasting Network. We welcome our listeners joining us today. We have our guest, Linda Jablonski, a Director of Nursing and Home Health Care, and here to discuss home health care nursing and infection prevention in the home care environment. Linda, welcome back to the program. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Thanks for being here <laughs> with us today. Linda, can you explain to us how different is it preventing infections in the home care setting? Mm. Okay, well, in home health care, there's a lot of variables that you don't have control over. So, uh, with keeping that in mind, it's you're just you're not going to go in there and, and clean for them. There's people that are coming in and out. That is the patient's home, and that's, that's the way it is. But what you have to do is you have to maintain nursing standards uh, and protocol for uh, keeping at least a, a clean environment. Uh, and by clean, we mean, you know, versus sterile. Uh, you want to... Uh, you have to improvise a lot of times. Uh, you a lot of times you don't know what you're walking into and uh, what's behind the door. I've been in situations where I go in. Of course, I'm going to go wash my hands, and there's no soap <laughs> or there's no towel. So I've learned. I bring my own soap. 
I bring my own towels. Um, you you just don't know. And sometimes, you know, it's a, not always it's a financial issue. It's just that they just ran out of paper towels or something of that sort. So uh, that would be one thing. You don't have all the things at your disposal. Um, so, again, you're, you're going to improvise as far as what you might have available in a nursing facility where you have all kinds of equipment. But you, you have to be prepared. A nurse, a visiting nurse, will go in with their nursing bag and... Uh, a lot of times uh, facilities or hospitals have these bags cleaned on a regular basis and it's rotated, they're checked and so forth. Uh, this keeps it, you know, things to a minimum as far as the transmission of microbes. So um, you're going to be going into the home, you're going to be bringing, going from your car, most likely, into the home, and you're going to be conscious of the fact that uh, you're going to have to uh, use barriers, and that would be like something simple, like a, a paper towel, again. You don't want to put things on the floor, because that normally is going to be more of a, a dirtier place. So you can put the nursing bag on the table, on a counter, with a paper towel underneath it. Uh, you just have to expect the unexpected. You're going to carry your own gloves. You, so you have to be prepared when you're leaving your uh, facility or your hospital or your agency that you have these things with you. Uh, you have your nursing bag and you've got spares in your car because <laughs> things can okay. happen. Okay. So and yeah. recommend, recommending... Okay, uh, wouldn't it be good to recommend to nurses, uh, visiting nurses and home health and all the team members to what be prepared, like you said, uh, maybe instead of bringing in the bag, have the equipment or um, the gauze or the soap and whatever they can fit in their pockets? If you can, I, I would carry it, yeah. If you can do that, um, a lot of times you just, if, you want to just, like, separate it, and there you go. Like, you can have uh, baggies and, like, little, you know, the storage bags, and you can put um, what you need for that particular person, and then you can just bring that in. We would do that a lot. And then also, if you can, whatever you can do, leave it in the house so you're not going back and forth. Okay. That's a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Linda, what type of procedures and care are provided in the home setting? Oh, good question. What isn't? Uh, We can do IVs. Uh, There are people with certain illnesses that need IV infusions, say, on a monthly basis for... um, Immune deficiency disorders, we, we do that. We can uh, do it for hydration. We can do antibiotics if that's what's ordered. Um, we do a lot of dressings. Uh, and uh, that just 
the whole nine yards with all the different types of dressings and equipment that's out there now. We can um, see, just take care of people with chronic illnesses as far as, um, let's see, a lot of diabetic teaching. We can do um, medication reconciliations. There's a, a whole... whole uh, so it's uh, everything from like <laughs> everything from surgical sites to like what about um enteral feeding you know the the G tubes and peg oh, tubes. Oh, the G tubes, sure, sure. We can um, well, especially if you have a new G tube, we can check on that. Uh, check on the dressings. I've gone out uh, for that with new G tubes. If there's an infection, you can do cultures. Uh, if there's a suspected infection. And uh, then you would be bringing that to the lab. Patient then is not inconvenienced any further, especially you know if they're very ill uh, by leaving home. So we can okay. uh, just about every uh, nursing procedure that I'm thinking about now. Um, dressings, I said that. Remove uh, staples. Um, okay, and remove yeah. catheters. Oh, yeah, catheters, of course. Remove them, okay. put them in. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, mm-hmm. oh, vaccinations. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So they, they don't have to go to their local doctor to get their flu shot. You can bring it to them. Absolutely, with an order. Yeah. With an order. Okay. Mm-hmm. And hand wash. with an order. Everything's in order. And upon entering their home, the first thing we'd want to do is hand washing. Yep, exactly, exactly. And and before we leave. Oh yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> now, Linda, what about when we go in there and the patient had been on isolation, contact isolation, uh, respiratory isolation? How do we handle that when we go into a home environment and the patient still? is suffering with the illness? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. If they've been on, on isolation, usually that has, that's because they've been in a facility where there's others, okay? So when they go into the home setting, there's no orders for, for isolation. Okay, so we don't right, continue... Yes. We don't continue with masks or gowns um, oh, for the no. health care. Yeah, I was just going to get into that. Yeah, I'm you, sorry. Okay. Gonna, yeah, no, you have your personal protective equipment, so that would be worn if if needed. You you take the the necessary precautions there, and you can uh, get fitted for a TB mask. You know, and and what is it? N95, I think. Uh, if that's the case, um, don't get too many of those cases, though. Uh, as far as with uh, respiratory, you know, isolation, those things are usually. You, I don't hear of them too much in home health. You just take precautions, your standard precautions. Okay, and mm-hmm. when 
when we have a patient that is on isolation for either contact or respiratory, do we have to, does the nurse have to supply her own gown and mask and gloves, or is this something that's provided by the uh, agency? Oh, no, that should be provided by the agency, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. in, in regards to isolation, um, the doctor would and the discharge orders from the hospital, they, it would be indicated for the nurse, correct? Right. Well, that would be in, indicated for the nurse um, before somebody goes in to evaluate a patient. They need to see the, uh, they should be seeing the, the most recent history and physical, which would give you an idea. So you're you're best prepared if there is something that is uh, you know required isolation or was extremely contagious. Uh, you need to have a little bit more than just the order. Hopefully, they'll give you the history and physical, so you get that background information of what they were being treated for and where they are, what progress they're you know they've made. Okay. And when we go in there in, uh, into a home environment and the nurse has uh, wound care to perform, all the, the standard guidelines for prevention uh, of infection, the procedures of the care would still remain the same as if it was being done in an acute care facility, correct? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to, yeah, divert from that. As a matter of fact, I was reading something uh, where there... They don't have, like with the infections, there's a lot of it is left up to uh, the home health agency as far as how they're going to interpret it, but the standards of nursing care are expected. They don't, in other words, they don't outline this is what you do and this is what you do, but the standards are expected, and it's also expected that this is all documented, and when you get into infections, it, it's documented, and trends are watched, and so forth. Okay, now you just touched upon documentation. So, do home care nurses oh. um, continue with documentation at home and report to other healthcare team members? Um, well, it depends if they're the case manager. They're gonna you're gonna document on your visit. Well, let's start with the beginning. You're going to document with the admission. And that is usually electronic nowadays. Okay. And um, the assessment is going to be there. And then there's room for a narrative. Uh, Every visit is documented. The time is documented that the person, that the visit occurred, the time, the date. So forth. Sometimes you need an electronic signature. <laughs> um, what else? It just the assessments, the findings, any recommendations, any communication with other professionals. If I went to a patient's home and I'm listening to their lungs and I hear some wheezing or something that I, sh- you know, doesn't sound right. Yeah, um, that's going to be a phone call, and that's going to be documented. So the, the person okay. who's doing the, the nursing 
usually it's kind of like case managed, so they're kind of overseeing everything. Um, okay. They're doing the documentation. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, Linda, thanks for sharing all that great information with us. And we're going to pause right now for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing home care nursing, infection prevention in the home environment with our guest, Linda Jablonski. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
Welcome back to C. Dip Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network. We welcome our listeners joining us today. With us, we have our guest, Linda Jablonski, a Director of Nursing in Home Health Care, here to discuss some home health care nursing and infection prevention in the home environment. Linda, have you you've been, you have provided us with a great amount of information today and for both patients and fellow healthcare professionals and we're certainly appreciating that. Thank you. Well, thank you for being with us today mm-hmm. and before we close today's program, Linda, do you have any key points to share with our listeners today in regards to caring for individuals diagnosed with a C. diff infection at home? Oh, sure. Uh, let's see some Key points. Uh, well, first, doing laundry. Laundry done separately. Um, hand washing. Can never uh, do too much hand washing. Uh, That's dis- true. Disinfecting surfaces with a EPA registered C diff kill claim product. Uh, those would be some key points. And I think uh, your website is fantastic, and if uh, people um, can take a few moments and check on the CDF Foundation's website, they can see some more information under uh, the tab labeled Home Care. That would be probably really helpful for individuals. Wonderful, and for the healthcare mm-hmm. professionals, and thank you so much for that. We try very hard to provide the general public, both patients and uh, clinic clinicians, uh, all the information they need regarding C. diff. And Linda, can you share what changes you would like to see in the home healthcare field? Ah, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to have the word out there more that we're available and see it grow more where we have uh, perhaps add to our uh, interdisciplinary team registered dietitians uh, who understand home health, not working in an institution, so can give some, because it's left up to nursing usually to do a lot of the diet teaching. And uh, I think they would be invaluable. We've also seen, I've seen uh, mobile pharmacists uh, in the area where I live, Um, some who have now, they will go to the home and they will do a personal review of medications and see they're used to, um, you know, trying to organize things so that we can avoid medication errors. That's a big one. And just being helpful with uh, pharmaceutical advice. So I would like to see it expand in that regard. Uh, we also have a mobile physicians group here. They're trying to grow, and they have nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and some doctors that go to the home, but I would like to see that grow also. I think that would be great to be able to bring that to the patients. I think all of the above. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think we, we might see that. Exactly. Just yep. um, le- last week, I went out on uh, one of the search engines, and I typed in uh, physicians' home visits. And in the past year, you can see they've really grown. Uh, years mm-hmm. ago, a house call was never heard of, and now it's uh, becoming quite popular. Yeah, it's great. 
It really is. Yeah. So. And now, when a doctor comes and they do a house call, they can still recommend home health care to the patients and their family, correct? Correct. Correct. Uh, we do work in conjunction with a the mobile uh, physicians group. So they could go out, they can see that somebody who is homebound uh, would benefit from, say, they have a wound. Well, then we would go out, uh, nursing would do the wound, or they might just they need to have their uh, vital signs monitored. They need some education about uh, new medications that are, uh, uh, you know, they've started. So, yeah, it's definitely they can order it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a really good question for you. Um, Linda, we have a lot of patients um, suffering from C. difficile infections at home. Some of them mm-hmm. have been uh, homebound for over six months. They are so mm-hmm. incapacitated from this infection. Would it, They don't have any open wounds. Uh, they might have had a recent stay in a hospital. Um, is this something that this, they can consider uh, inquiring with their physician uh, for home care? Mm-hmm. Certainly. Absolutely. Um, because it's we can always go out if they're not what we would consider, you know, me- meeting the criteria. Well, then they're not. I've gone out on cases where the person does not meet the criteria. Um, but it's certainly a, uh, I can understand, I know that people have been home for quite a while and it is a taxing effort for them to leave home. So... The, a nurse, and especially somebody who's trained in home health and knowledgeable of the resources, can um, go out there to the home and help the person. And one uh, other person that I did not mention is the uh, social worker. We is part of the okay. interdisciplinary team, and okay. somebody a social worker can cut through a lot of resources, and usually a medical social worker obviously is is experienced and trained professionally in um, providing services for people who are dealing with uh, all the issues that come with a chronic illness or a new illness. Yeah. Well, that's really great to know. And I'm sure our patients at home and their families are are certainly uh, appreciative of all the information you provided today. And do you have any closing comments at this time, Linda, before we close our show? Oh, I would just like to say I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about home health. And uh, I thank you for the wonderful uh, work that you're doing, Nancy. I know your your patients and your listeners appreciate it. Well, you know, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's, you know, it takes um, more than just one person, you know, like we all, like I, I always say, um, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. And you have just opened up one more door uh, for showing uh, our patients and their families who really may be uh, eligible for this skilled service at home. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. we really appreciate we appreciate that, Linda, and we thank you for joining us today on CDIP Spores and More Global Broadcasting um, Network, and we have learned a great deal from today's discussion, and we look forward to having you joining us again. Please thank join you. us. 
Thank you. And please join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time with our guests to discuss up-to-date information focused yet not limited to C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, clinical studies, and environmental safety, and much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. Also, join us on November 9th and 10th at the 5th Annual International C. Diff Awareness Conference and Healthcare Expo, which is being hosted at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, and Thomas and Max Center and the Embassy Suites by Hilton Convention Center. Please visit the C. Diff Foundation's website for registration and 2017 conference information www.cdifffoundation.org. We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you and your families good health and a very good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.